by the time you hear this podcast, you're probably going to be ready to hear the original version instead. Welcome to, by the time you hear this podcast, what you're hearing right now or what you just heard is a cover of No Church in the Wild by the Richmond Octaves, an acapella group at the University of Richmond from their album Ricochet. I love acapella. I love it. Acapella groups are uh, really an, an underrated, uh, an underrated uh, avenue of, of listening to music yeah alright so as I said this is the by the time you hear this podcast I'm Greg I'm Ben and we're back with another episode and as you can hear the air conditioner still doesn't work in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked for like the after the last episode the next day they came in they fixed it it seemed to work and then it was just blowing out air again so waiting for somebody to come by and fix it or it's just, you know, time to move. Is it that it's because they got that cheap part from China? Is that, is that, that why? <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> Worked for a day. Yeah. Um, or they just got it from another air conditioner in a vacant apartment. <laughs> that would be unacceptable considering it took that long to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> when they could have just walked over there and got it and brought it back. I'd be, I'd be livid. Yeah. So um, that's uh, what we're dealing with tonight. So you'll hear the fan in the background. And maybe it'll be working right next week. Uh, so, um, as we start off each of our shows, what we want to try to start off each show with is what's been going on in the music world over the past week. And uh, last episode, we, we talked about it, and I had my doubts. I don't know how confident Ben was exactly, but I know I was doubting. I was that, pretty confident. <laughs> uh, there is no Frank Ocean album. <laughs> All I could do is laugh. <laughs> As of this podcast on, uh, we're recording on Monday night, August 8th. Yeah. Right now, there is no Frank Ocean album, and we thought uh, Friday there was going to be one. Um, maybe there'll be one by the end of the year, but look, um, 
you know, would I, I believe it when I see it. Was he even <laughs> in the studio? Like, did he even do this thing? <laughs> well, there was. I don't know if there were any pictures or any um, any tweets. Well, I know there was like a, a video of like two park benches mm-hmm. on his Instagram, and it had the Apple Music logo, uh, like we talked about last week. There was a little video that okay, maybe there is an album coming. It's going to be on Apple Music, um, and then on his website, it was the same video. So thought something was coming but as of right now nothing and um people are upset people are crying people are using the snapchat filters have you seen any either of those i haven't seen those i don't i I actually just i think i just got rid of my snapchat i don't get on there enough um especially now since instagram has a story (laughs) (laughs) Um, um with the snapchat filters they have one that says uh there's a meme that says waiting for Frank Ocean's album like and it just has a skeleton next to oh, it. Oh god. <laughs> I I mean, I I did I did have my hopes that he was going to release it. I didn't really have any doubts until you kind of said, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Like when it drops, I'll believe it. I don't know, like you know, so sue me. I kind of take an artist at their word if they say they're going to release an album. Because, I mean, like, I can't really think of any other artist that's been like, I'm going to release a record, and then they just don't. Well, you know, they... We, yeah, well, he had been talking about it for at least three years. Yeah. And... Yeah, people were excited about it, and I think the I think the thing is... People were more upset about it because they know the name of the album. Um, they may have heard leaks of other song of songs that they're going to be on the album. I haven't heard any, but maybe there are some out there, some leaks out there. That's what they're saying. There's there's some leaks from his zine. I I, I don't know. I mean, or there's um, uh, and because of what they, if they're expecting it to be better than Channel Orange, then uh. The like expectations are going to be high. Yeah, and I was listening to something <clears throat> the other day to where like, and we may have mentioned this last week. I feel like, but people really like Beyonce's Lemonade, and really had no expectations of it. They were just surprised that it came out, that mm-hmm. something came out, that yeah. there was some material they just dropped out of the sky. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to pause it right here. I think someone's at the door. Okay. We are back. Uh, there was no one at the door. So that was weird. Um, what were we talking Okay. We we're talking about Frank Ocean. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, with Beyonce's album just kind of dropping out of the sky, I think the expectations for Frank Ocean's album have, um, uh, well, they're they're high they're higher than expected. And Would you say they're at a fever pitch? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I mean, I know there are Frank Ocean fans out there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know a lot of them. Like, I don't know how rabid the fans yeah. are. But I, I but if people have been asking all this time, where's the album, Frank? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, the the fans are out there. I just don't know how. Um. Uh, how how big it is. But, you know, I, I would kind of, um, 
I would try to lower my expectations a little bit. I mean, yeah. not that that's bad, but I'm sure they're probably like off the charts for some people yeah. <laughs> for what you think the album's going to be like. Um, I just hope it, it's good and people will like it. But um, I think it might be at a point now or it might be at a point soon to where he comes out with the album and people are over it. Yeah. No matter how good it is, they're like, you tease this too much. Uh, and um, and then, you know, people will uh, critique the album and then be a little too harsh with it because it's not, you know, some per It's not, it's not perfect. a masterpiece. It's not a masterpiece. Yeah. Well, I mean, even can... though it may actually be, you know, for someone who's a little impartial or a little someone who's distanced themselves from the first project. Or at least had rational expectations. It might be a masterpiece to them. <laughs> it, it was like, hey, this you know, it's pretty good. So, um, well, how was his? Because I'm trying to think, and I, this is such a this is kind of an eerie parallel to to draw, but it's because of a podcast I was listening to earlier. Um, I know uh, Project Orange, Channel Orange. Channel. Why did I say Project Channel Orange was initially was. Um, like was critically acclaimed eventually. How was it received initially? Because I don't remember how it was received initially. Was it was it released to much fanfare or? Well, I think like the people who were fans of his Frank Ocean tape. before then, they were yeah. they had they had his mixtape and were looking forward to that. Um, I think they um, it took it may have taken some people you know a couple of listens to get through it okay. because I think that's just the excitement of new Frank Ocean material. Yeah. Um, but um i think it was um i think people like in, like, like people enjoyed it okay uh, now, initially <laughs> and then it kind of caught on um as time went on and probably when it was featured on gossip girl or when he came out with the video for um well people would like um the song thinking about thinking about you was mm-hmm. on there and you know guys would try to sing like him in <laughs> coffee houses uh regardless if you had the vocal range or not <laughs> um well it makes me yeah. it makes me think um i was listening today where they talked about uh grace by jeff buckley mm-hmm. how it was released to very little fanfare and it wasn't really big until after he died of course he died swimming yeah. in the mississippi and um the first thing I could I kind of thought of I was like you know all this anticipation for a second album don't don't let them swim like don't <laughs> don't go swimming because um, then that would be tragic because then it's just like we, we'd be left with like a bunch of demos leaked demos and a bunch of wondering like what if not to say that you know Frank Ocean's gonna die but I don't know like that's kind of what made what it makes me think of like of course I only know of Grace after the fact. Um, but I know there's just all this like, man, if only we would have gotten that second album. I really hope like we never we don't go through life hoping we got that second Frank Ocean album and just like something happened to where he can't do it like he loses his voice or like Well, with Jeff Buckley there was the what was it, unfinished album. Yeah. Uh sketches for My Sweetheart the Drunk. That was Because that's what he was, was recording at the time, right? That's yeah. yeah. Well, he was he was almost done. Most of the album is finished, but yeah. there were maybe a couple other songs that weren't finished. And he's come out, and there's another album that came out um, recently, uh, which has some, it's like some demos and some a couple of covers. Yeah. Um. So, I always think that artists have a lot of uh, they they have a lot of material. Well, yeah, you have to record. 
you know, they're being selective about what to release. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I the album's got to be done. Or That's what it's I'm thinking. Really close to being done, or maybe he's picking like maybe we shouldn't put that song on there, but maybe this song, or maybe we should write a new song. So maybe it's something like that. I think the album's mostly done. You know, there wouldn't have been any kind of leak that it's going to be released, and then it's not if it wasn't close, at least close to being done. But to give some perspective on Channel Orange, debuted at number two on the Billboard 200. Okay. Sold 131,000 in its first week. That's respectable. Yeah. Uh, the majority of the first week sales were digital copies from iTunes, and 3,000 were from physical copies. Okay. It was sold digitally on Amazon.com for 299. Ooh. <laughs> but those were excluded from the Nielsen's, the Nielsen Sound Scans, okay. Sound Scans data. Because Billboard's policy is it does not count sales that were sold for less than three forty nine. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but since then, it has sold six hundred twenty one thousand copies by September twenty fourteen. So it has at least gone gold. Yeah. I don't know if it's platinum yet. Well, I'm looking at um. He's he's on Def Jam, so I, I maybe they don't like it yet maybe they're i don't know because i mean like and i I'm, i don't i'm not going to claim to know a ton about the D- island def jam music group but um i don't know like i feel like they could um maybe they're like we don't hear a single uh, maybe that's the case because i know like r- record labels are notorious for doing that you come to them with the finished product um and especially with the ease of which you can release an album nowadays like you don't have to worry about like a huge, like we talked about last week, you don't have to worry about a huge campaign where you have to send out flyers. Um, you're not terribly concerned about making sure that it arrives in store same day to be bought because you can release everything digital now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can do final hour adjustments, so to speak. And maybe maybe he took it to his label and they were like, we don't hear a single. Get back in the studio. Give us a single. Um, or maybe they're just not pleased with it. They're like, it's not as polished. So, I mean... And maybe Frank doesn't want to. I don't know why he wouldn't want to throw his label under the bus if he has a record. Because I mean, we've seen artists in the past um, whose albums got shelved. I think the last person I can think of was um, there was a rapper. It wasn't Birdman. Who God? Who was it? No. Well, no. Lil Wayne, the Carter, one of the Carters. Like the he Carter to, Five. Yeah, he wanted to release and they wouldn't let him. Yeah. Um, and he went out on a tirade and like, you know, saying like, they won't let me release it. So, I mean, I can't under I wouldn't see why Frank Ocean wouldn't do that unless there's some kind of agreement there where he won't do it. So, I mean, no, if he, I, I mean, I think there would have been, I think Def Jam would have made some kind of statement or, okay. yeah, maybe, or, maybe. or maybe there would have been something from them if they had an issue with the album being released at all. Yeah. Uh, there would have been some, if not a statement, then, you know, some kind of like, hey, somebody said this, you know, just like somebody was like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to put it on Apple Music. Yeah. You know, I think there would have been someone saying, oh, the <clears throat> album's not done or there isn't a single. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't think the, the label's ready to release this, whatever it is. I'm sure once it gets finished, maybe we'll hear something about or once it gets released, we'll hear something about it. I'm, I am curious, though, um, because it's just that's just. That's just weird. Just to <laughs> say I'm going to release an album. Day comes and like, and honestly, didn't even realize it till you texted me. Just like, oh, yeah, no Frank Ocean I, album released. I, 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 text, I texted Ben. I just realized that he didn't release the album. 
As I uh, think at that point, yeah. I might have been three sheets of the wind in Savannah. Good time. It was a good time. Uh, okay. Yeah. You, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, keep your fingers crossed uh, for a Frank Ocean album, but um, I'll just wait until, you know, I see it trending on Facebook or Twitter or something. Yeah, don't hold your breath. Cross yeah. your fingers, don't hold your breath. <laughs> um, so, in other music news, um, well, kind of connected to how we started the show with the cover of No Church in the Wild, um, which features a hook written by Frank Ocean, on, <laughs> and it's from Watch the Throne, Kanye and Jay-Z. So, speaking of Kanye, mm-hmm. uh, he is past MJ uh, in a pretty significant way. Why don't you tell us more about that, Ben? Kanye West has earned his uh, his fortieth top forty hit. Actually, a song that he's featured on um, Schoolboy Q featuring Kanye West. That part um, passes Michael Jackson, which I think is pretty significant. Now, I haven't dove into it to really see like. Um, cause, I mean, I, I doubt he's passed him like as far as number one. So this is probably just songs that charted. Top 40. Yeah, top 40. just top forty, which is I mean still impressive, especially to be a hip hop artist um, to have that many to have that many hit songs. Um, passes him for the 40th. I mean, just a, kind of a glance at now the top was it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, Elvis Presley, number one with 80. Um, I wonder if that will ever be beat. The closest you have next to that is Lil Wayne with 69. And like, I feel like Lil Wayne's on everything. So, like, if anyone's gonna pass him, maybe it's Lil Wayne <laughs> since he's on everything. I mean, he's. I don't know where that Chance the Rapper song is, but like I swear when I was checking out New Music Friday last week, I heard Lil Wayne at least on three songs. <laughs> like he's just out there making hits. Elton John with 57 next, Drake with 53 after that, and Drake is everywhere. Um, I mean, good on Kanye for that. I think I don't think people realize, or maybe they do, like he's, he's, he's pretty influential. He's successful he, as an artist. The, he's, he's in a very, um, a very special group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, so the top 10, or this may be, I'm not sure if this is 10, we'll, I'll count it as it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, yeah, 10. He's in the top 10. So it's Elvis, Lil Wayne, Elton John, Drake, um, Stevie Wonder, Jay Z, James Brown, Chris Brown, and Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. Those are the company. ones ahead of him. Yeah. That's. That's really good company right there. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, and shout out to Stevie Wonder. I didn't realize he had that many top 40 hits. Yeah. Um, in some cases, it feels like they have to have like a pretty extensive discography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with rappers, it's it's interesting that, um, you know, if they're if they're featured on other artists songs, that counts for them, too. Yeah. So with with it may be a little different, but that still doesn't make it any less any less um, an achievement. We got to think too with someone like Kanye West. Um, he's not he's getting featured on songs, but he's not a tag along. Yeah, Schoolboy Q is. I like Schoolboy Q. He's not bigger than Kanye. Like I can't imagine that song becomes a hit unless you have. I mean, that's why you go out and get somebody like Kanye. I mean, I imagine his. His per bar rate is high, so it's not like you're getting him for a bargain. Like you're getting him with, you know, the with the thought in mind that all right, I'm going to get Kanye for this track. I'm going to release it as a single, and it's going to be big because it's got Kanye West on it. That that'd be my. So I mean, like I could 
with somebody like him and of course you know Lil Wayne, Drake, Jay Z are on there. Like none of these guys are tagalongs. These are people who um, who have names. They contribute to the success of these hits just as well as you know the feature the main artist, if not more so. I mean, so um, yeah, but. I mean, looking there, Stevie Wonder, 46, man, like, come on, that's, I, I really want to take this back to my people at work and just be like, this is why Stevie Wonder is better than Beyonce. <laughs> what, like, just another reason. It doesn't matter if he can't dance, which was their reason for why Beyonce was better than Stevie well, Wonder. It, 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 take James Brown to them. Yeah. Yeah, they probably won't even know who he is. Like, <laughs> Okay, Chris Brown. Chris Brown has more than Beyonce. Oh, man. According to this list. Like, I mean, um, hell, I'd, I'd be, I could put Elton John, um, I guess, technically, Elvis can well, dance. Well, I was trying to give you someone who could dance. That's technically, Elvis <laughs> danced. I mean, he technically he, he shook yeah. his hips and did stuff like that, you know. And Drake danced, too, I guess. You oh, want to call that dancing? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Drake. Um, bumping some Drake on the way back, man. On the way back from my trip, driving back home. I like I just went through his discography. <laughs> That's just like, ah, I forgot about this song, forgot about this song, forgot about this song, headline to listen to that. Mm. Yeah. I listened to the motto. Yeah. Uh well, speaking of Drake. <laughs> um Drake do people want this Drake Eminem battle uh to happen? Because here's the thing. If it started with uh a conversation that he had with Ebro mm-hmm. and it was just um, oh yeah, Eminem might say something about you. Oh well, I don't think he'll do that. But if he does, I got something for him. That equals a beef. Yeah, that equals a beef. I thought there were. I I, I, I thought beef was when you know you said something about somebody in a song, and <laughs> they came back and said something about you in a song, or y'all said something about each other in like interviews and stuff. Um, in a passing conversation, or I don't know if this was an interview. Um, for me. Guys, I'll let you know right now. I don't listen to the radio uh, <laughs> at all, um, even though I work for a radio station. But, <laughs> but that, but that's that's different. They're like they're like talk shows and podcasts and that kind of thing. Yeah. Where I work, I'm talking about like these stations where they play a lot of music. Rick D and the Weekly Top Forty. Yeah, the yeah. Top Forty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, what? <laughs> <laughs> Rick D's. Uh, Throwback <laughs> on Q100. It's uh, <clears throat> on, is it either Friday night or Saturday nights? Uh, Carson Daly has a top thirty. Okay, okay. That oh man, that just it takes me back to high school. And one day, I'm gonna turn it on and listen to it and dance around my apartment like I used to when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, but uh, so what? I mean, does does has Drake not seen the people that Eminem has taken on before? Like they don't. I know. Em, like I know Eminem is. I know Drake is better than Everlast. I know he's better than Saint Clown Posse. He's better than Nick Cannon. Yeah, but like, we all saw Eight Mile. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe he um, believes, you know, in his in his Canadian spirit that um, that he has a chance. No, but but okay. You know what? Let me backtrack on saying that he thinks he has a chance. I don't know if this is a beef at all. Okay, I still don't yeah. know if this is a beef at all. Um, just because you know it's more like a a you know just a comment. Yeah. 
It's like, oh yeah, if we battle, yeah, I could beat him. Yeah, I think. And then if- that's supposed to like set off this huge thing. Um, I think people are making it more than what it was, uh, and I think it's because people want. Um, I think ever since Jay Z and Nas, people have been waiting for that next big uh, rivalry, uh, where it's just, um, where it's just about. It's just about rapping. It's where it's not one sided too. <laughs> where where it's not yeah, where it's not one sided. Yeah. Drake and Meek Mill doesn't that don't count. Yeah, that was very uh, one sided. How how can you count that? I mean, technically that is a beef, but it started over well, I'm not even sure how it started, but it ended, you know, um in pretty embarrassing fashion to yeah. where no I don't know what Meek Mill is doing now if he made any new music. Or if anyone's gonna let him make any music yeah, no, his, or something his like that, but track was a feeble attempt at a comeback, and it just it was like, mm-mm. it was it was he wasn't on Drake's level. It like was it, it ended pretty quickly. Yeah, but to go back and forth over, or just to have two great tracks, like you know, there's a speaking of Jay Z and Nas, there is there's Ether and there is Takeover, and you may think one track is better than the other and you may think um like for example some people think takeover is better but overall Nas won the battle Mm -hmm. um but then some people think even yeah takeover is better and (laughs) jay-z won the battle you know so uh i think people have been waiting for something like that yeah uh and i think um you're expecting a lot. You're expecting a lot. Um, you know, you want two guys who who respect the craft, mm-hmm. the art. Um, but uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's going to happen between these two. Like I said, I don't know if this is a beef at mm-hmm. all uh, because it, it started over. You know, someone saying something and. Um, somebody ran and told Eminem or someone ran back and played the clip for him. Like, listen to what Ebro said that Drake said. Yeah. Well, I mean, like what, I'm just wondering like what would, cause I mean, beef start over a problem typically. So like what problem would Drake have with Eminem? What problem would Eminem have with Drake? I mean, I would imagine well, the they would both respect that, each other. And they, they've, they've worked together as well. Yeah. So it would have started over one saying I'm better than you. Yeah. Which is, you know, what a lot of battle rapping is. Mm-hmm. I'm better at you than this, and I'm going to tell you how. Mm-hmm. Um, but just saying that does not start a beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it, it's got to be more. You got you got to put it in a song, and and actually like come after somebody. Yeah. Uh, to start a beef, I think that's what you have to do now. Um, to even make this a beef, I, it doesn't sound. Well, I mean, like I think the Meek all. Mill one started out with something on Twitter. So I mean, well, yeah, because Meek Mill felt that Drake didn't like promote his, his album, oh, yeah, uh, or like he didn't say like he had an album coming out that he was featured on, and and he was mad about that. So he went, "Well, you don't even write your own rhymes," and he showed him very quickly that he does. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, I think yeah, it, it's going to take more than some passing comment yeah. to make this happen. I don't think there is a beef. 
uh, and then pe- like people are like speculating, speculating themselves into a frenzy over this. Over this, oh, because God. it's like, oh, Eminem's going to come out with something, or Drake said uh, he he doubled down on what he said. <laughs> Where are y'all getting this from, man? <laughs> y'all just saying stuff, trying to make this happen. They're probably like talking to each other, like. Uh, you know, you said you said you could beat me. Like, well, you know, maybe I don't know. I, you know, I, I was just saying something, and and then that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can I can only imagine though, old Eminem circa the Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, would have probably were, come for him if this were nineteen ninety nine between ninety nine and two thousand three. Yeah, maybe Eminem would have come. There's something him. to it. Yeah, but now I mean. Like Eminem ain't got time for this. Like he's yeah. he's he's made his mark on on hip hop. Not saying that he's not hungry anymore, because I mean, like we heard relapse and recovery, and I mean he's still. I think he's the, still got still, it. It's still there. He still he still has it. But he he just it's, but yeah. like he has nothing it, to gain. His, yeah. What's his what's his motivation? He has nothing to gain from this. This ain't, this ain't the rap. Unless he has like you know he's Michael Jordan Petty. Uh, oh God! Daniel, this, uh, you know what? He would have come out with it if he was Michael Jordan Petty. He would have come out with a song already. Yeah. Whether Drake really said that or not, <laughs> he would have just came at him. At him, you know, it destroyed him. It just seemed like a slight. Like <sighs> Drake might have said this. Oh, he might have said it. <laughs> I gotta be ready. I've been waiting for this singing forever. I got a song ready. Oh um, man. Um. So yeah, I, I think there's no beef. Um. Uh, speaking of someone who's no longer motivated, <laughs> oh, these these segues are alley oops, man. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, four months coming up on four months ago, we saw Kobe Bryant play his last game, and sometime a few years before that, uh, Bow Wow actually made his last album. <laughs> So, um, Bow Wow has announced his retirement. Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, what is we going to do? How you retire when you ain't been doing nothing? <laughs> like, that's like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's like somebody like, you know, they haven't played a game in the NBA in years. Uh, guess I'm going to retire. Well, it's, it's that guy who's like, he's been out of the league <laughs> And you know, like, okay, for example, Gilbert Arenas. Oh, God. Gilbert Arenas hasn't played a game in at least four years. <clears throat> it's been at least four years since yeah. he's played a game. Uh, but he's still collecting money because NBA contracts are guaranteed. Yep. <laughs> um, but he hasn't officially retired. Even though he's like 34, 35, he still could come back and, mm-hmm. you know, come off the bench for somebody, maybe if he wanted to. But. Uh, he hasn't officially retired, but he hasn't been playing. Mm. So, no, yeah, that's, I mean, like, kudos to Bow Wow. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all remember when he first came out. Um, some of us, I don't know if anyone else thought this. I thought he was somehow Jermaine Dupri's son or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I heard Bounce, Bounce with me. Um, you know, just a little skinny, light-skinned kid with long hair, you know. Um, it was interesting. Yeah, he um uh well he's got he's he's been doing <clears throat> acting so it's not like he hasn't just been like sitting there. What was his last what was it lottery ticket? Was that his last movie? 
that was the last movie, but he's on uh, in NCIS New Orleans oh, or God. or the CSI Cyber where they deal with cyber crimes. He's on one of those shows. Yeah. Okay. One okay. of those CBS shows where somehow every show on CBS is number one. Yeah, in, and, and their something. head and. <laughs> They're always, here's our number one new drama, our number one new comedy, our number one comedy, and our number one new comedy for audiences between the ages of 18 and, and 45. New <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know he was doing that. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess they saw his role in, um, you know, Tokyo Drift. I'm just blown away. Um, Which is now on Netflix. Is it really? Yeah. Know what I'm doing tonight. All right. <laughs> but he had like the strangest character name. Because it means other things in America, at least. <laughs> uh, his name in the movie was Twink. Oh, God, I forgot it was. I'm just like, <sighs> okay. Um, I'm surprised he was okay with that. That means <clears throat> other things in America. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so he said he's giving the um, he's giving the fans one final album. Uh Okay, I bet it's gonna. Really, I bet it's gonna feature a track from Amarion. I'm calling it right now. Um, well, he has to. Yeah, that's that's like a requirement. They're attached at the hip, man. <laughs> um, but it says uh, six arena tours, ten top tens, a few platinum albums, two gold albums. I'm done, and he's made twenty million dollars. Six arena tours, really? All those screen tours or glow in the dark or it was bigger than I thought. Okay. Oh yeah, with with other people. Okay, so he wasn't the headliner. He was co-headlining. Okay. Okay. And uh, Snoop is gonna be the um, be the executive producer. He's still riding off that family name, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Snoop gave him his name. Yeah. Uh, So this is some other things that he tweeted while announcing this retirement. He announced it on Twitter. Um, made over 20 million off rap why be greedy I'm good with everything I accomplished I made it to the White House hmm 20 million off rapping okay okay I always said years ago I retire from music before 30 I just can't see myself at 30 years old rapping is he taking a shot at somebody I feel like he's taking a shot at somebody at a lot of people (laughs) right there like he's (laughs) (laughs) that's a shot at a lot of people a lot of artists, popular artists, over 30. I know Jay-Z's almost 50. Yeah. Uh, Eminem's in his 40s. Kanye's in his late 30s. Ooh. Um, that one's uh, that uh, one was a little hot. He's in his 30s. Uh, well, late 30s, I think. Um, it in, um, in Titty Boy, I mean, a.k.a. 2 Chains, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's almost, almost 40. 40. He's almost not 40? over 40. He got into the rap game very late. For those of you who, well, who he started, aware, he, started, he became popular very late. He was he is known as um he was known by his by Titty Boy. Yeah, that was his first thing. He's thirty eight, representing College Park. Yeah, a name change is all it took. Yeah, I and it's so funny because I forgot he was on Duffel Bag Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Oh, two chains. Um, so here are, <laughs> um. So, you know, this was announced on Twitter. So, of course, there are going to be Twitter jokes. Oh. <laughs> you know, some people said, um, 
you know, retire on a high note. Give us fans one more before you retire. We deserve it. And he said he's coming with another album. And someone said, I bought the very first album, so I'll be getting the last. So he does have some fans out there. Hmm. Um, someone uh, posted, uh, uh, Bow Wow, I'm retiring from rap, the world. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, trying to figure out what Bow Wow's retiring from because music retired from him about a decade ago. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Bow Wow is the kid that never gets to play on the team but goes home and tells his family he was the MVP. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, this is tragic. If Bow Wow is now retiring, what was that span of time between that song with Sierra and now? Oh, God. Huh. Um, so, in retiring from music, he still has the TV show. I don't know if it's still in the air, but it's number one. <laughs> it's on CBS. And um, he's currently working on a late night talk show. How, what? No. It can't be on BET. Because he retired from being black as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, let's see here. What, what, what was the last? Oh, God. Yeah, he said he can't relate to the struggle for black people to vote because he's mixed. <clears throat> oh, boy. Someone should tell him about the brown paper bag test. Someone should tell him that he works for BET. Mm. So, what? what is... what? I, oh, you know what? Enough Bow Wow. <laughs> Enough Bow Wow talk. Okay? Um if we have any other news we're talking about um well we we talked about last week that um sia or is it saya i think it's saya saya or saya, i don't know you well, know she had the number one song she had the number one song cheap thrills and i think it's still number one yeah it is and it is mm-hmm. so uh We'll just mention whatever the number one song is on the Hot 100. Yeah, it's and it's so funny because listening to that and listening to One Dance, kind of the same type of beat. Um, well, that's a dance trend. hall that's in, a trend. influence. That's a trend now in a lot of songs where yeah. it's a. I mean, views Drake's views is a dance hall album for the most part. Yeah, I was. I even heard um, other day the new Pink single. I cannot think of it, but I. I mean, I'm hearing dance hall influences. I like that reggaeton backbeat yeah. on everything now. Major Laser has a lot of songs yeah. like that too. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it to him though. I don't think it's something that he he's not riding a wave. Like I, he actually likes this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's not like he's like he's probably just like finally I can actually be myself again <laughs> and start putting this out. I mean, cuz I mean what Lean On um one of the biggest hits of last year had had heavy dancehall influences. Yeah. Um so I mean, like he's not. Yeah, he's Major Laser is not Major Laser is not a poser here. He's yeah, he's been on this train for a while. <clears throat> All right, so we're gonna get into Ben's earworm of the week. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, I gotta show you too because it's spelled a little differently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I found it. So the name of the group is Paris. <clears throat> um, another group that I found. Shout out to Spotify on my Discover Weekly. They put one song by them on there, and I ended up going and checking out the rest of their songs. And I'm not sure how big they are. Um, I mean, I don't, I can't gauge it by MTV. So yeah, but um, 
I haven't, I don't really watch them on Vivo, so I don't know how many views they have. But um, they've got a lot of good stuff on Spotify. The song You and I, uh, which is my earworm of the week, is by them. Um, I love the difference in her voice from the from the verses to the pre-chorus to the end of that where she's like before she goes into like the kind of the I don't want to say the chant but like it's just it's really good there's a lot of great dynamics to this song it's very catchy I love it um I hope you love it it's just it's just really good that's all I can really say about it all right so here is you and I by Paris
right that is you and i by paris from their album white noise which came out in april this year Mm -hmm. if you want to find them don't type in the actual word paris type in p v r i s that is how it's stylized that and you will find them immediately and i bet you that's why they did it all right and they're also from lowell massachusetts uh that the first thing that came to mind was um the movie the fighter about mickey ward ah. who's the pride of lowell <laughs> so. that was the movie who who's was that um uh mark Wahlberg. yeah christian mark Wahlberg. christian uh, christian bell was his really skinny brother right yeah I, that was a good movie yeah so um have that connection <laughs> lowell um so if you recall what the first song of this podcast was it was a cover of no church in the wild by the richmond octaves now the capella group from the university of richmond so we're going to be talking about cover songs oh yeah uh some of our favorites what makes a good one um what could make a bad one those who try too hard those that the fans are like we just like the original <clears throat> version why are you ruining this <laughs> you know um so ben starting with you what makes a what makes a good cover song to you to me what makes a good cover song is and it's 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 good well it's going to be different for different things so um for like if it's if it's a if it's a song that i really like and i really like every single part of the song then i want you to cover it exact Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of songs that come to mind, but like, um, like there will be a part of the song. I'm like, all right, I want to make sure I hear that. Like there might be a lick from the guitar. Um, it, it might be the solo. Like I really like, even though it's a very simple solo, like one of my favorite songs, um, is King of Pain, a band called Branson covered it for the police tribute album. Yep. And the, I mean, the guitar solo is very simple. It's just a, a repeat of the melody, but like had they changed it, I would have been mad. And like some bands do that. Like I've heard some bands, I've heard bands that like to do covers of like um, Michael Jackson's "Beat It," which was you know the solo played by Eddie Van Halen, and yeah. they play it differently. And that's one of my favorite so- solos of all time. So, like when I hear a so- when I hear a cover of a song like that, I want you to play it note for note. Whether that's fair or not, I don't care. Like I just want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it played note for note. Um, same thing with Maniac. Um, whenever I hear bands play that, I want to hear you play the solo in Maniac note for note. Like Michael Cimbello? Yeah. Okay. That solo is amazing. Well, let's, let's give uh, the listeners a, what um, King of Pain by Branston sounds like. Um, from the tribute album Policia, mm-hmm. a tribute to the police. And yes, yeah, really, it's a really good cover. Um, I remember when it came out, I was still in college. I was still performing in cover bands. And I wanted to cover it based on, like, and I played this for the band. I was like, this is how I want it to sound. Because, um, you know, like, it has a bit of a harder rock edge to it. In, like, the second chorus, it kind of picks up a little bit. And it really picks up again in the solo. Whereas, like, you know, the original version, you know, they're a three-piece. So, like, you know, when... Um, when Andy's playing, um, not Andy, um, God, I can't think of their names now, the guitar player, um, Andy From Summers, yeah. yeah, Andy Summers is playing um, the guitar solo, you know, they didn't, they wouldn't overdub a lot in the studio, so like, 
when the guitar solo comes in, there's just, you know, it's just bass and a little bit of piano behind it rather than just like, you know, the guitar. There's guitar here, which in my opinion gives a lot of energy and I, I like that. I like that about it. It's definitely got those emo vocals to it. <laughs> This was this was 2004, so emo was huge. Yeah. Oh man, God, I'm so and I'm so glad we have Spotify now because back then this was very hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like songs like this, yeah, I want to hear them played note for note. Other songs, not so much, you know. Well, um, yeah. So check it out. That's Branston's King of Pain. That's the first track on the tribute album. Yeah. Uh, the next track on that album, I don't, well, I don't know if we'll play, but I think the cover songs that this band has done, people have, people have like very, it's either mixed to negative. It's never like really all that positive. It's mixed to negative. Is Fallout Boy? Yeah, and I don't like is Roxanne, and I don't like it. Yeah. So on this same tribute album to the Police, they did Roxanne. Um. They they have also for I think it was for their live album, they added a cover of "Beat It" by mm -hmm. Michael Jackson featuring John Mayer. <clears throat> yeah, um, and they recently have done a cover of Ghostbusters for the new <sighs> Ghostbusters movie, which was mixed to negative reactions. Yeah. They're like they, they're not the greatest musicians, because I love Fall Out Boy. I'll, I'll say that first and foremost. I love Fall Out Boy, but not as musicians. I like them as writers. I still, and I've told Greg this many times, I'm still not convinced Pete Wentz knows how to play bass. <laughs> I'm still convinced. Um, but doesn't he write from... Well, he writes there? the lyrics, but I, I think they're real, the musician of that band is Patrick Stump. Um, and I think that's why he wanted to go solo, because he probably got sick of carrying them. Like He was like, <laughs> I'm doing everything. I saw him on live from Daryl's, and like he's sitting over there playing drums, so he probably recorded the drum tracks. Uh, he was playing the guitar solo, so he probably recorded well, the guitar I know, tracks. I know on his solo album, he did everything. <laughs> yeah, he played everything. Um, <laughs> hell, I saw him at um, at, at the, um, the not the National Mall, but the Washington Monument at some rally, like playing with the Roots. Like he he just he just wants to be solo, and so like I think he just got sick of the band, the antics. Um, and so yeah, but their version of it, I mean, and don't play it. Like they speed it up to hell. Like it's oh, yeah, so bad. With the, yeah, the version of Roxanne, it's very it's fast. It's, yeah. it's very fast. Um, it's almost like they tried to make it like a 90s punk song. Yeah. There's a lot of subtlety to Roxanne. Um, Stuart Copeland's drum track, like the, the drum track and the bass, because I think all people hear is like the guitar part. Like that's all people hear, not realizing like there's a lot of syncopation and like really just like subtle play between the drums and the bass versus like the guitar. Like it's, and they well, just, they... They crap all over it. Like, it. <laughs> well, there's that. Now, um, there's that version of Roxanne, which I won't play. I won't play uh, <laughs> band. I won't play that one. But there's also this version, which is um, uh, slowed down and a little like jazzy. And honestly, um, I don't know if you've heard the. Tell live... me if you, rec if you recognize this. Artist. Oh yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know. I've, I think I've heard the version. <laughs> and this is honestly this is more in line to what Sting wanted anyway because Roxanne was supposed to be a tango it's supposed to be kind of slowed down a little bit 
Yeah. In all of his live versions, he plays it like whenever he performs it by himself, he plays it like this. Hold on, who is this? I know this voice. This is George Michael. I was not thinking that. <laughs> I didn't know George Michael covered this. This is from his album Songs from the Last Century. It came out in 1999. It's a covers album. Is this the one that has um, I Can't Make You Love Me on it? Um, it's not on this one. Oh. I know I saw him do a really good live cover of that when I was first discovering that song. Um which is a beautiful song. A lot of people have covered that. Tank did a really nice cover of that, too. So, yeah, I mean, and like you said, like, it was meant to be a, a tango. Uh, there are a lot of different um, musical styles that Sting draws from. Yeah. Um, and uh, you'll hear that in, in the in the police. It was a lot of reggae and some mm-hmm. jazz. And then when he went solo, it was very, it was jazz heavy yeah. oh, to God, start yes. off with. Um but he made it work, you know. Yeah. Um, I think for me, what makes a, a good cover song, uh, like, like you said, it's a different. Um, depends on what the song is. Yeah, exactly. You know, if it's if it's something to where it can be interpreted in a different, in a completely different way, mm-hmm. um, it's gonna it's harder to be pleasing to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's like a totally different genre, I think the key part is that uh, you have to make it work vocally. I think it becomes important that it vocally works. Yeah. Um, because some someone may come in and they know of the song and they actually have to sing it a completely different way. Yeah. To make the song work, so I think that's crucial if you're if you're if you work in a different genre. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, too, admittedly, I do like hearing um, I like hearing hard rock covers of a lot of pop music. I was going to a, 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 one of my <laughs> lists and it's a uh, it's it's one of my favorite uh, covers of a of a Genesis song. OK. Um, uh, disturbed. Oh, Land of Confusion. Land of Confusion. Yeah, they. They really make that work. Um, yeah, they, they as a matter of fact, they make a lot of covers work. Because, I mean, they have this. I'm not a huge fan of the song Shout, but they covered that. Yeah, I like, and, I like um, that, too. And now, you know, just recently they released The Sound of Silence, which has gotten huge and sounds nothing like them. Like, I mean, it's just straight piano and like a kind of like an orchestral arrangement behind it. And it's got rave reviews. Um, I've heard some people say it's overproduced, but I mean, like, nowadays, what isn't? Um, I still liked it though. Like I'm not a huge fan of that song, but I liked what they did. Um, and and just I think also it just so happens that like Don Draymond's voice or Dan Draymond, excuse me, his voice really works for like the style of Phil, that Phil Collins sings this song with. Because I mean, like it's not it wasn't a hard rock heavy song, but like the way he sang it, it sounded like you could have easily yeah. taken those vocals and put it in a hard rock song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, this is, yeah, this is a really good cover. And I, now I can't think of, um, I can't think of the guitar player's name, but like he, he's, he, he has such a huge sound to be one person. 
because I've I've heard them play live before. Still sounds the same. Like he co- he fills a lot of space, and I like that about a guitar player that can fill a lot of space by themselves. Um, by themselves, because it's <clears throat> it can be hard to do. It really can be. All right, so check out this uh, disturbs Land of Confusion from Ten Thousand Fists that album, um, and like in our in the descriptions of the podcast you'll see the list of all the music that's played in every episode so mm-hmm. check that out but yeah that makes me think of all of the um <clears throat> and 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 just disclaimer i'm not saying that every song on these compilations are of this quality but the punk goes pop punk goes whatever <laughs> as of late it's really just kind of become screamo goes yeah um because that... it started out very promising and then as of late like what is passing for punk rock and emo and whatnot is just, um, it's just. I, 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 did you ever hear the um, the version of Mercy? There's a version of uh, Mercy yes. from Punk Goes Pop, and I'm not gonna lie, I listen to it just because it's it sounds so absurd, it's so heavy. You can't understand a word of what they're saying. Well, let's give our listeners a list too. This is Mercy from Punk Goes Pop Five, from the Word Alive. That's the thing that advantage the word alive. <laughs> what I love is when they come in with the weeping and the moaning and gnashing of teeth. Who does it? I love it. <laughs> now that guitar, that guitar tone is so heavy. Like sonically, this song is just so aggressive. It's just so yeah. There's a there's a lot happening. Yeah, exactly. It's a very busy song. Yeah, and I mean, and that's kind of how a lot of the people who play this genre of music, like they, the music's very important. So they're like, they don't want to play any. They don't want to simplify. They don't want to simplify anything. So there's got to be some complexity for them. They're like, oh, we're oh that little part that you didn't think we put in there, we're gonna put that doom, 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 doom. They're gonna put that in when, there. With uh, with punk goes pop. Oh, they won't let me go to the album, but okay. So like to start off with, still won't let me go to. It. Well, at least I hope we can play it from here. Um, you know, it'll be songs that were that were pop songs, mm-hmm. like. I want it that way or buy my bye 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 or like a prayer. Yeah. Or get this party started. Um <laughs> was this the first the um the early one? This is from the first one. Yeah, the first one it, they started out with lower production value and I guess as they caught on they were like, "Oh, we can sell these and make money and people will buy them." The production value of course recording got easier to do too. Get cheaper to record. So like the 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 quality from the first one to like the latest has like gone up significantly to where um, I want to think they released We as Romans version of um, Trouble as a single from Punk Goes Pop 4, I think, or 5, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Further Seems Forever. Oh, man. <clears throat> the band that Chris Caraba left. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I love this. I, I still remember jamming to this. Um, I, I believe my freshman year. Yes. Yeah. I've tried to get my band to cover it this way too. Oh. 
think this this was when they had the second singer. I think they've gone through like three singers or something like that. Now it's funny now because like the fear for a while with a lot of these albums was if you do a cover and you get popular off of it, no one's gonna want to hear your original stuff. Yeah, I think that's what happened to like Alien Ant Farm. Yeah, and everyone everyone's afraid. Like they're like, man, if that's your first single. And to me, it's like, well, if you've got good enough material, um, you're going to have at least one more hit song, like they did. I mean, they had another hit song with movies. Yeah. Kind of fizzled out after, after, after that. Well, they had that one song. Well, movie, movies movies came out first. Yeah. And then they had came out with Smooth Criminal, so they made another video for movies. Yeah. There are two different versions of I like it. the first one, not to be a hipster, but I really like the first one where he had on the... Um, I like the shirt zipped up all the way to the top or something. It was yeah, weren't they playing in front of a projector? Yeah. And then the second version, it was just parodies of movies. Yeah. Such a hack. Some <laughs> hack of the record company came up with that idea. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Smooth smooth Criminal, Alien Ant Farm's cover of Smooth Criminal. Um, I think it was even in American Pie 2. Was it? I mean, it was everywhere when it came out. Um I, it was this was still during the 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 time of TRL. Yeah. So it was popular in that too. And the video um, was very well done too, so that that helped. Yeah. Just <laughs> so um I mean that's kind of like the downside of of doing cover songs as like a single. Mhm. Uh because um that may be all that you're known for. Uh even though, you know, like uh uh episode before last the cover of Torn. Yeah. Uh, you know, Natalie and Brulia, that's a cover for her. But that was her biggest single. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know of any other songs by her, unfortunately. I know a Even couple, but they weren't very big. Um, she is on my, I don't know if I have that list anymore. Yes, I do. Uh, I had a list of the VH1 All-Stars. <laughs> you know, there I'm, was there was a time watching music videos, guys. MTV and VH1 were very different mm-hmm. as far as musical taste. Oh, yeah. Very different. MTV was for the kids. VH1 is for the adults. Oh, yeah. They had all the adult contemporary uh, things. That's probably why I gravitated more towards VH1 in their top 20 countdown every week. Because I could see Five for Fighting Superman if I wanted to. <laughs> it was on there every week. Yeah. Or Sarah McLachlan. Oh, or Natalie Merchant. Yeah. Cheryl Crow, Jewel. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, or, the Lilith Fair lineup. <laughs> the Lilith Fair lineup, but also, also, uh, Savage Garden. Oh, Savage. <laughs> um, Paula Cole. Oh, Paula Cole. Uh, Matchbox Twenty. Taking me right back to middle school, man. Oh man. Um, I don't want to wait. The Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. They didn't. You know those bands have a lot in common as you are hearing but anyway um <laughs> Man, no, that, that really does bring me back to vh1 um but yeah natalie and Brilia, she had like a couple of other songs they weren't big hits um i i mean i i like to do this thing where like at work i can just turn on spotify and listen to it on my headphones so i'll just pick an album and just listen to deep covers um wishing you wishing i was there was one of her other songs um uh, wrong impression I believe these were both on VH1 at some point, but just not very big. And there are songs that um, 
that were hits for the artists and maybe they're more obscure covers like we were talking about this before we started recording ace of bases don't turn around mm-hmm. um which is a cover of tina turner i, I guess or oswad or i i <clears throat> someone i don't know is a cover song and they um i guess what, what would you say they they changed here I mean, they they still had that. Ace of Base is like pseudo reggae. Yeah, it's like I <laughs> it's mean, like it's like Swedish half, Reda, reggae. It's halfway reggae. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But it would. But the original version sounds kind of like a. I guess it's kind of like more of a blues song. Yeah. Well, a, I mean, like the version that we heard, which I'm pretty sure. Um, what was the artist that you pulled up? Oswald. Well, no, not because the one you put up was reggae, but there was another one yeah. by a singer. Oh, uh, that who, was Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. I imagine her because we can't find the Tina Turner version. If you can find it, please let us know. It's it was the B side of a single. Yeah. Um, I imagine her version sounds more like that version because I mean Tina Turner did have some rock and roll leanings. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure her version didn't sound like this. I've never heard Tina Turner do anything reggae-ish. No. And the Oswald version was very reggae-ish. So I'm willing to bet Ace of Base heard this version. And probably didn't even know that Tina Turner did it originally. I imagine her sound. I imagine the Tina Turner version is closer to what the Bonnie Tyler version sounds like, which is more of like a pop rock, an '80s pop rock feel, like you would like you could hear it on on a movie soundtrack or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that was that was a hit for Ace of Base from their album The Sign, mm-hmm. which there were that was a streak of lightning. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, for Ace of Base, uh, I'm trying to see if there was another cover of oh, another popular cover that was a hit for the artist mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, see if you recognize this one. Oh goodness! <laughs> see, I didn't know this was a cover. Um, this is UB40 Red Red Wine. Uh, I think it was a cover of Neil Diamond. Really? Make sure I get that right. I think it was a cover of Neil Diamond and UB40. Another one of these halfway reggae bands mm-hmm. <laughs> like the only um, thing they have really going for them that's reggae is like the upbeat on the end of every beat and I guess just a little bit of uh, some music there like going end to end that's how you know it's reggae like that upbeat on the end syncopated like that's that's about as reggae as they get and then the faux you know Jamaican voices <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so yeah that was a big hit for them um um, well, how how big of a hit was the man who sold the world for David Bowie? Was did he even release that as a single? Because I only knew that because of Nirvana. Then went back and found the David Bowie version of it, which I mean I like both versions of it. Um, but I mean I don't even know because I felt like um, it might have gotten popular off of the Nirvana, you know, deciding to cover it. They're unplugged. Uh, as far as the song itself, um, it was a single. Um, oh god in 1970 wow I didn't realize it was that old but it wasn't uh, I don't think it like charted or anything or was a big hit or anything Yeah. Uh, later covered by Lulu and Nirvana of course on their Unplugged album mm-hmm. but um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't a single for David Bowie it doesn't look like yeah, yeah. Um, makes you makes me wonder then what made him decide I'll look into that later what made him decide to cover that because that's that was that's such a an obscure, you know, very little known 
song from David Bowie, you know, a legend in his own right. But it's just like, why not Rebel Rebel? Why not, you know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but there are also some uh, songs that were put in movies. Well, we mentioned um, Smooth Criminal, Alien Ant Farm was in American Pie 2. This song, I didn't know it was a cover, and I kind of feel bad because of the original artist was, um, I think it was Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell. Uh, but this was in the wood. Have you seen the wood? It's been a long time. Oh, this is a cover? Yeah. <clears throat> One legendary vocalist coming another legendary vocalist. <laughs> yeah. Um, Luther Vandross and Cheryl Lynn from the wood is the scene where Mike finally asked Alicia to dance at the end of the of the junior high dance um, so uh, I don't know if this was a I don't know if this is a hit or not, but I mean, when I hear this song, yeah. I think of that movie <laughs> immediately um, and I didn't know it was a, a cover song until years later. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned so <clears throat> songs and movies that are covers. There's been a few movies where their entire soundtracks were covers. Um, yeah. 51st Dates comes to mind. Where they were all uh, reggae, covers. reggae covers of 80 songs. Yeah, um, Sky High. Um, where there's just like all pop song covers of like 80s, a bunch of 80s songs. Yeah. Um, I remember it was a horrible Not cover. Not another teen movie did that too. Yeah, Vitamin C did an awful cover of Voices Carry. Um, it was really bad. Um, and I remember Christian Burns of BB Mac fame covering everybody wants to rule the world. Um, and it sounded very sloppy. Um, there's another, I think, uh, the life of Walter Mitty. There's a very, um, I know they had, they had, um, man eater. There's a very ethereal cover of man eater. That's what I'm seeing, seeing a lot of movie trailers do now. Oh, like slow it down. Yeah. They take, they have these like, creepy uh covers if anyone who's seen the trailer to the social network what song did these for the social network they used uh creep by radiohead but it was like a boys choir singing oh god that sounds scary um i'm gonna see if i can find that one um there was also a slowed down version for san andreas of california dreaming as like california is getting destroyed that was playing um and of course the um the slowed down version of um, I've Got No Strings on Me from Age of Ultron, um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Those are two that stick out in my mind. Um, I think, I want to think some movie used Ready or Not, Here I Come, and they slowed it down. Like, they're, they're, they're like really uh, slowing it down and making it creepy. I know The Fray did a cover of that. Did they really? Yeah. And it was like the Fuji's version. Uh, <laughs> was he rapping? <laughs> he, he sang the lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to find. I don't. I don't. I. I don't know who sang it, but who sang "Creep"? That is. Okay. But um, there are. That's what a lot of movies are doing now. Um, there was a cover of um. Well, I don't know if it was the original version by Queen, or if it was the cover by Panic at the Disco of Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, now that's interesting. I don't know if that was in the trailer, but I know Panic at the Disco's version is on the soundtrack yeah they've been covering that in concert for a while um and i know there are people out there who don't like brandon Urie's vocals and there's some people who do love his vocals i like his vocals i think he does it excellently 
of course, that's going to be one of those songs where that guitar solo is iconic. The piano part and the verses and everything is iconic. So you got to cover that note for note. Like you can't be like, well, you know what? I'm going to take the guitar solo and do something different. Nah, <laughs> turning it off. <laughs> if I did find it's a Scala and Colossini brothers. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but this is the version of Creep from the Social Network trailer. I'm liking this already. And I've, I've found that I tend to like covers of Radiohead songs better than the originals a lot of times. say who the choir is um no uh well actually that is the choir uh scala and colossini brothers is a belgian women's choir okay um so i think scala is the name of the choir okay and it's uh two brothers who arrange things for them it looks like okay so yeah and there they have a few albums uh mostly covers okay <laughs> so um like i said the, the list of the songs will be in the description so you can check these guys out on spotify as well but that was i didn't even realize like that was the song in the cover i just that I mean, that was the song in the trailer mm -hmm. i just heard it and it's like oh that oh that 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 kind of uh, tone kind of fits <laughs> what mm -hmm. the trailer was and then I um, I wasn't even paying attention to the lyrics I'm not as big a Radiohead fan a Radiohead fan as I guess I'm supposed to be or whatever uh, um, mm, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a topic right there how their fans feel they're the most important band in like the history of music I don't know why um, and I just I tend to like covers of Radiohead songs more like the the way I found out about Mark Ronson was his cover of Just and it, okay. and then I was so disappointed when I heard the Radiohead version of it because it's just not <laughs> as good. Um, same thing with, um, and I guess also I'm not as big a Radiohead fan as I should, as I'm supposed to be, because um, I just heard High and Dry for the first time after hearing Jamie Cullum's version of it. Yeah, I like Jamie Cullum's version. It is better. much better. Um, and that that's an artist that I got into. Um, like from his covers, he has a cover of Frontin'. Mm -hmm. That was the first one I Pharrell's, heard by him. Uh, version. He has a cover of Rihanna's "Don't Stop the Music." I think you uh, didn't you do that once. I did. Yeah, you did. I did that once. <laughs> Sorry for another time. Yeah, the video's been taken off YouTube. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I took it down. Oh, you? I thought they made you take it down. Oh no, no, I I took it down. Oh, that was that was a long time ago. That was brilliant. Actually, it's coming up on like six years ago. Has <laughs> it really been six years? Yeah. Oh my God! Up in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Um. People who knew I was in Connecticut um, and saw that happen, uh, you can tell that story. I sometime. wish I was there. <laughs> I was blown away when I saw the video. <laughs> um, yeah, that y'all can tell that story. Um, 
one thing I wanted to get into, and that's a, a part of this conversation, is, and we we mentioned a couple times before, when the covers start coming up on YouTube. Yeah. The YouTube artist, the YouTube musician community. Um, I, I I don't know how you feel about them now. I know there were kind of um, mixed to negative <laughs> uh, reactions to Boyce Avenue. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when it comes to covers, like now it's Scoot. it's finally cool to do covers. Like for the longest time, like you would do a cover every now and then cover bands were kind of looked down upon it's like ah you you only play at bars you're just a cover band (laughs) um and you know having your own material was very important like it was it was a big deal to be able to write and perform your own material um and now it's like the new generation um and maybe on the backs of boyce avenue because i can't think of anyone who is really doing it at on the scale of which they were doing it back then um, yeah, to where they made they made videos which yeah. were um, became higher quality over time. Yeah, I like guess, they, as they progressed. got more money yeah. and got better equipment to use. Mm-hmm. Um, they still had good, um, like their con- the concept was very simple. Yeah. Um, other YouTube artists have kind of kind of done that, but I don't know if like well, like you said, I don't know if anyone else has gotten to their level to where they're not their albums of their original material have been released in the U S but they're very popular in Europe and Asia. Uh, and so they're touring there there. I think they're coming to Atlanta like next month. I'd probably go see them just to see what it's, see what they're all about. Um, I've seen a few live videos of them from years ago. They weren't the greatest live band. I did go and listen to the live album and they sound like they've gotten better. So I mean that's that's promising. That's why I'd give them a chance. Uh, well, let's play weather curves just to give you an idea of like they they take an like they basically do like an acoustic version of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's so, easy to record. So I'll give you their uh, you know what the a TV theme song that I actually liked that I actually well not the show but I liked how they interpreted it, the song. Oh, nice. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Oh, no claps. <laughs> no claps. <laughs> your love lost the way. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. This is pretty good. When it hasn't been your day, your week, month, or even your year, well, I'll be there for you. And the great thing about his voice, he's not an awful singer, but he's not a great singer. He's a good enough singer yeah. to where he doesn't like, have to like, he doesn't have to overdo it. No, exactly. It's not a threatening voice and yeah. it can, it can just fit everywhere. Like you'll listen to him. It's like, ah, he's a good enough rock singer. He could be a better R&B or pop singer, but like, it doesn't matter. He's good enough. Um, which is why I think his, their originals probably didn't work. Cause he's just not a, he's a good vocalist but he's not a strong enough vocalist it just works for these cover songs now now that's a song that kind of probably fits with them um a song that's out of their genre um well they did cover this yellow diamonds in the light yeah and we're standing side by side 
doesn't doesn't hurt too that they're they're good looking guys too. I mean, they're all you know of Spanish origin from Florida. So found out one of them was a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, and they Played quit to do this music thing. <laughs> They also have covered um, This Is What You Came For. I figure. Yeah. I think they've covered like pretty much all of Rihanna's hits. Oh, yeah. Well, they put out they put out records so fast. So, yeah. Because it doesn't take much. I mean, you can record something like this in a day, honestly. Just make sure you know the songs. Record, you know, your parts. With modern technology, you can you can mess up and just, oh, just punch me in. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you just throw a hand drum in there and assemble. Like this doesn't take much to do. I and I, I'm speaking from experience. I've done stuff like this in a day. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Um, what do you? Um, so with the YouTube artists, I mean, I don't know if anyone's gonna get to their level. I mean, people probably still don't know who yeah. they are. Um, well, I mentioned that. Okay, I, I do drive for Uber, <laughs> and um, I think. One of their songs was on my playlist that I was playing. It was a cover original. It was, it was a cover. Okay. And um, I had a passenger, and they're like, "Oh, I like that song. Who is that?" It's like, "Oh, is this band called Voice Avenue?" Oh, I love them. Oh God, they knew. They they knew who they were. <clears throat> so I mean, some people know. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people do. I know you know a lot of my friends and I do because we're just we're either musicians or we're heavily into music. Um, and you know the musicians that I know are in the are, to, are into them are we're kind of jealous like mm-hmm. that they thought of this first. Um, <laughs> we're kind of <laughs> like man, why didn't we think of this first? Because um, I still remember um, you know I go I go hipster on them and that's a term that I have made up and I'm going to use it here. Okay. I go hipster <laughs> on Boyce Avenue. I still remember the low res videos, um, their covers of of Viva La Vida and Bleeding Love. You know, where they're just sitting in what looks like their basement, their finished basement, <laughs> um, with like one light to the side. And they're just playing the instruments. There's not much movement from the camera to now doing like full on, you know, 1080p, 24 frames per second, you yeah. know, like music videos that look like they would have been on MTV if it still existed um, in that format. And it's just like looking at what they came from to what they do now, it's just like you can't help but kind of be jealous. And then when you look at their net worth and what they've been able to do and like, you know, their principle that they've always kind of wanted to do is, um, and kind of what the, 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 the um, music industry is going to now, they just wanted to bypass industries. Like I think they were signed to a label and I don't remember if they got dropped or they left, but after that, after they, you know, parted ways with the label, they decided to just release everything through YouTube yeah, and just bring the music directly to the person and take out the middleman. And by the, that point they were so big that they could do that. They didn't need a record label because all you need a record label for nowadays is distribution. And if yeah. you can find a way to distribute distribute it yourself, you don't need a record label. And you can just make all the you can take all the money yourself and that's what they're doing. And are they are they making as much as like Janet Jackson did off of her contract in the nineties? No, but doesn't matter. Like they're keeping like every cent they well, make is theirs. They're yeah, they're it. they're making money off of their sales mm-hmm. uh from their covers albums and their original material. And with them being on YouTube, they're YouTube partners, mm-hmm. so they're making some money that way too. Um, and they don't have to give it to anyone; like it's right. it's all theirs. So Columbia, Sony, 
epic. These record labels, they're not getting, and they hate this. They they don't like this. They're not getting a cut of it. So, um, not to kind of sound like one of those conspiracy theories, but like, you know, like these sort of artists have labels kind of going like, man, like, if you can do all of this yourself, what do you need us for? Exactly. Like, yes. it's like, um, well, like we kind of touched on it a little bit. Are there songs that you know of that um, it's a cover song, but then on the cover song, they went to a completely different genre and it just sounds like a completely new song? Well, actually, yes. Um, and I guess if you want to pull it up, you can. Um, it's one of my very, very, very favorite covers. Um, it's three from Glee. Britney Spears. Okay. Um, um it was um I think they did a couple of like they liked I didn't watch a lot of Glee, but I know they like to do theme episodes and they did a, a couple of Britney a, Spears They ones, had right? a Britney episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't watch the show, but I just heard this by chance. The harmonies are absolutely gorgeous. Um it's just hang yeah, hand claps and stomps. And then the acoustic guitar comes in. And it's a very sparse arrangement of guitar. Like most like it's almost like 50-50 guitar slash acapella. Like the guitar will drop out every now and then, like in the verses. It's beautiful. Like I wanna know who did this arrangement. Like it's just like it's beautiful. Like I don't even like the original song. <laughs> and I listened and I and I I tested myself to see, alright, maybe I like the original song more than nope. Uh uh-uh, uh. Just this version. Like it's really good. This is definitely one of those, um, if we ever make a, a segment like this, like songs you sing in the car, this is a song I sing in the car all the time, <laughs> singing these harmonies. But like, they just went a completely different direction. Like, um, yeah, I remember, I kind of remember this episode. I, I've watched every episode of Glee except for the last <laughs> season. I didn't watch the last season at all, and I still haven't. It's in my next Netflix queue, but uh, um, so check out Glee. It's from season four because that's what the cover art says. Okay. <laughs> um, one um, uh, one thing I keep running into, or well, one one thing I like is when um, it's very rare for an artist to do a cover album of mm-hmm. another artist. I mean, you see tribute albums with different artists being yeah. a part of it, but not with one artist. Um, there's this duo called the bird and the bee. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm talking interpreting about? Interpreting the masters, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's interpreting the masters volume one. So I'm waiting <laughs> for the next one. Like <laughs> volume one is a tribute to Daryl Hall and John Oates. I'm waiting for the second one. What's the second one going to be? Um, that, that's a really good album. So, uh, the bird and the beat interpreting the masters volume one, a tribute to Daryl Hall and John Oates. I'm, um, yeah, I'm waiting for for that one for the second one, but I can't go for that as my favorite one on there. Yeah, this was good. I think I heard of this through you. Yeah, probably. Um, so, uh, with this, with, well, I guess with projects like this, do you think that there's like too much of a risk to do it, or if it's an, a matter of clearing samples or clearing the clearing the clearing the publishing so yeah. that you cover it, and then yes, you'll get paid. You wrote it, of course. I don't uh, know because do I mean, anything like that's going on at this point. 
with the way the industry is going, because um, I mean, I guess I'd have to look into the figures to see exactly how much it costs to cover a song. But I mean, like, I imagine, like, I can't imagine there's an upfront fee. Maybe you just give them money on the back end. But a lot of artists nowadays don't seem all that concerned about making money off of their album sales. So, like, this is something they could tour behind. They could perform behind this. They could go out on their Interpreting the Masters tour and just play these songs across America and not have to pay Hall & Oates a cent. Um, so long as um, whatever venue they play in has there was colloquially... God, I can't say that word. Commonly known or colloquially known as a karaoke license. If you have a karaoke license, you're covered. You can play a cover and basically the venue... Um, pays money per month or so every so often to have that license and money is just divvied up to everybody like it's not like one specific person I have to look into them a little bit more but um, I just I learned about them in a class I took in college and I also learned about them because a bar that I was playing at did not have their karaoke license and was repeatedly visited by someone from um, like BMG (laughs) Um, and the RAAA for not having it because they refused to get it like they kept coming and saying you need to get one and they would not get it so you know most venues across america have them and so they could tour across america make a ton of money touring and not have to pay a dime and just like you know whatever you know the little bit of money that you get from streaming on spotify or apple okay yeah we'll give it a haul and oats but we're gonna keep the money that really matters because i mean I, i highly doubt there's a physical release of this I don't know. Like, you're probably not going to find this in Best Buy. <laughs> so, like, there's, I feel like there would be very little, unless you have to pay upfront up fees, probably very little risk, really. And I don't know why more people don't do this. Mm. I mean, I can't imagine it takes too long either. If you're a good enough musician, learn the song, get in there. I mean, a lot of their stuff is electronic, not to diss people that play electronic music, but I mean, like, one good thing about electronic music, when you're sequencing things, Copy and paste. Copy and paste. <laughs> like, you know, you can especially with song pop songs are kind of repetitive, you know? A four bar, eight bar melody. Just copy and paste it and just Yeah. Um oh man, we're at the hour and a half mark. Are we? Yes. Uh so let's get my earworm out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> um well with uh this earworm, um I, I wanted to wait. I wanted to play it last week, but I felt like it was not enough distance between the two artists. Like in our first episode, your was from DNCE, um, and mine is from Nick Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's a song. It when I saw it, I saw the title. I was like, I hope I'm gonna check it out because uh, it was on my Discover okay. weekly list. I was like, I hope this song's not stupid. <laughs> because <laughs> it has um a questionable title it's a song called bacon okay I'm, i've been anxious to hear this i've seen it on charts i have not heard it yet so now i'm curious <laughs> so um this is bacon by nick jonas featuring ty dollar sign from the album last year was complicated <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did Taylor Swift have anything to do with it? God, I hope. I mean, I, I, she dated one of the Jonas Brothers. I don't yeah. remember which one. Um, so, yeah, this is Bacon. Pretty mind, silk thoughts. Start a vibe when you turn the lights off. Oh, my, my God. When it made you a deal, I'm you. Oh, you've been hoping I'd give it 
Tapping into what America loves. And that's bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that can be a... Um, a I was kind of confused. Or something. I was like, okay, is he saying that the only thing he loves more than the girl is bacon? <laughs> or bacon no matter what problems come along, if we just put bacon on it, everything. <laughs> just get some bacon and it will be fine. That just, the, all that makes me think of, I don't know how much Louis C.K. you listen to. That just makes me think of his joke about when Jesus comes back and he asked them, like, why don't they eat the stuff that's on the ground? He's like, doesn't have bacon on it. <laughs> if you're out there and you haven't heard this bit, go find it. It's, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah. Bacon. Bacon is amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end, man. Uh, I, I enjoyed this topic. Yeah, I mean, this might be like part one. Yeah, I feel like there's there's a lot more to. Oh get yeah, because I was I was gonna bring up um, artists that cover themselves. Um, they're the but and, not necessarily like. Do you mean like Eric Clapton doing Layla? Well, not even that. Although that is a good example. One that came to what came to mind was Chris Cornell. He wrote "Light On" for David Cook, 
and he plays it in concerts. So it's like he's covering Wait, David Cook, um, but he's like covering himself almost because he wrote it. That's like um, uh, Bruce Hornsby. He wrote Jacob's Ladder for Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. And he performs that. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he co-wrote uh, I Can't Make You Love Me, mm-hmm. Bonnie Raitt. And he covers that. Yeah. Um, and there's another song, The End of the Innocence. End of oh, the Innocence. song with Don Henley. He wrote that. Yeah. So he, he covers that. So mm-hmm. artists who cover their own stuff and probably Sia or Saya. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to figure out how to pronounce her yeah. name <laughs> by the next episode. <laughs> but uh, she'll be able to do that pretty soon yeah. as well, if not already. Um, so we're going to going to bring it to a close here um again you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash by the time you hear this also we're at by the time you hear this on instagram but the u is the letter u because we're urban word um and uh there was a there's a blog coming yeah um now that i'm caught up with stuff at work last week was hell um now that i'm yeah. caught up with stuff at work i've got some downtime um I'm going to write an out, al- not an album. Jeez, what am I saying? I'm going to write a blog <laughs> post. <laughs> um, I'm going to go on and I, I just got to figure out if I want to use WordPress or, or Blogster or whatever, or Blogger, I mean. Um, and if I want to try to even get a, a domain, we'll see. But a blog post is coming. I was actually brainstorming ideas today because since I am caught up at work, I had downtime. Mm-hmm. Don't tell my boss that. I hope he doesn't listen to this. But I had a little bit of downtime. So I was brainstorming some things. Um, I almost made a Facebook post about it, what I wanted to write about, but I wanted it to be a surprise. So yeah all right so the the website blog is coming soon under mm-hmm. construction at the very least mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh where else can you potomatic find us? potomatic <clears throat> yes follow the podcast on potomatic if you have an android phone download the app um search our name and you can stream the episode we appreciate if you download it mm-hmm um, I think we're in the 1200s as far as the ranking in <laughs> the music category. Moving on up. Um, so um, you find some Podomatic, download, download their app and stream us from there or download the podcast. If you have an iPhone or if you like using iTunes, you have an iPad with the podcast app. We are on iTunes. So search for us, download it or stream it. Either way is fine. We want you to listen to it. You should get an email address, too, so people can maybe email us topics or something. Uh, yes, we will have one by the next episode. Um, I may have started one. Okay. I'll let you know what it is, because I'm not, I'm not sure how I spelled it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we'll have an email address. You can definitely yeah, send us topics, ideas. Uh, but also on iTunes and Podomatic, uh, leave us a review or a comment about this episode and previous episodes that you've heard so far, uh, we appreciate uh, any kind of feedback. Yeah. Um, and like to have some fun with, I'd like to give a quick shout out also to, um, the book of yay podcast, um, (laughs) which got a, like inspired the, like that, uh, the first song you hear on this episode on the book of yay podcast, they talk some music news and then they break down a Kanye West song interesting there, okay. are, there are only a few episodes in but it's really good it's, it's really funny okay um but they they break down a, a a kanye west song um like who has the best verse or what was the song about or 
or how it fits into the album and and they have a lot of fun with it so okay uh, check out the book of yay podcast on itunes um but that's going to do it for our show i was looking for a, a cover song we could get out of here with uh we started with kanye i think we'll end with some some michael okay some michael jackson the print the prince cover is too decimated to yeah. even play anything from it <laughs> that playlist is just is just too much to yeah to deal with um okay i won't play beat it <laughs> by fallout boy at least not that version um i heard a really interesting cover the other day of um they don't really care about us no 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 who is it by michael jackson it was a metal cover which i'm starting to find a lot of his songs lend themselves very well to being metal covers like the 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 riffs he used are very easily translated to guitar i think a lot of people like that about his songs and that's why they do them Hmm. yeah um well, I'll bring I'll I'll kind of like smooth it out with with the with the what what we'll play here. This is uh Bad mm. by Groovy Waters from the album Chill and Michael. It's 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 very laid back and chill, which is the kind of person I think I am. <laughs> so, it's the music I kind of like listening to. So, uh this is the end of the show and thank you guys for listening. Peace out.